Welcome to the Roma Press Podcast with John Solano and Andy Mattioli. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Roma Press Podcast. I hope you are doing well. Hope you had a good weekend. Roma, they defeat Brescia 3-0. Andy and I will obviously be discussing that, and we will also be discussing today the latest in financial fair play, as many of you have heard or I'm sure have saw on some sort of website. We had something about it on romapress.net, but Manchester City have had their two-year European play ban overturned by the court for arbitration of sport so very interesting topic because we all know Roma and their connections with financial fair play the number of sales they've made over the the last decade I guess you could say to fulfill their financial fair play obligations we're going to get into that because in my opinion very controversial I'm very angry about it because it seems like there is not a consistent standard of financial fair play regulations being applied to all of the clubs, it seems that if you are a bigger club and have the money to, uh, you can simply just pay your way out of jail, more or less. So Andy and I will be getting into that as well. But first, I have to thank two of our newest patrons over at Patreon. The first, Michael Faraone, who you can find on Twitter at Mike, F-A-R-A-O-N-E-2-4. And also Jacob Sattler, who you can find on Twitter at J-A-S-A-T-T-L. Thank you both. We appreciate your support. It means everything. Without you guys, our endeavors wouldn't be possible. So we thank you so, 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 so much for supporting Andy and myself with the podcast, the website. It means everything to us. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So let me bring Andy on as first. He and I discuss the victory over Brescia. We talk a little bit about some of the high points. Bruno Perez, seeing Zaniolo back. Uh, we discussed a little bit about Lorenzo Pellegrini. He didn't have a great performance again, so we, we kind of get into what we think might be in store for him. And then about the last 10 to 15 minutes, we discussed financial fair play. Now, again, if you haven't seen the news, Manchester City, the court for arbitration of sport, they have overturned the two-year European competition ban that was initially imposed, imposed by UEFA for financial fair play irregularities. So he and I talk about that because, again, I I think this whole thing is a farce. It's a joke. Financial fair play, they're going to have to get rid of it. Roma, if you all remember, they got more or less punished by UEFA in 2014. So for two years, um, they they had to follow a very strict plan by UEFA about break-even. They had limitations on their European roster as punishment. An absolute joke. Absolute, absolute joke. This whole thing is a farce. Uh, And you will hear Andy and I get into it because we are both extremely, extremely pissed off about it. Because uh, the fact that Roma get held to the standard while others essentially walk away with a fine to me is absolutely ridiculous. So uh, let me bring Andy on now as he and I discuss again Roma's 3-0 victory over Brescia and the nonsense that is UEFA's financial fair play. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. Andy and I are here following the decisive victory over the weekend against Brescia. Uh, We're also going to get into... So I I was really in a great mood, Andy, to discuss this. And then Mm -hmm. today we got word from uh, Switzerland, the uh, tribunal... Or I'm sorry, the uh, court for arbitration of sport. They handed down um, the appeal, their verdict of the appeal for Manchester City, who UEFA 
gave a two-year European ban due to uh, financial fair play regularities. And they have had that overturned. So do we want to start with the good stuff against Brescia and then we can absolutely complain and whine and bitch about this absolute farce that is financial fair play. So let's start with the happy stuff. <laughs> um, yes. that's it. Good victory over Brescia. I, I try not to get too carried away because this is a team that's already condemned. The math is against them. They're going down. Very little to play for at this point. Um, I liked how Kalinic got his goal. Obviously good to see Zaniolo come back. Yes. Ibanez is a guy who, admittedly, I, it's difficult for me to stay impartial. Yeah, you've tweeted about him more than uh, anything else. I know. It's difficult for me to stay impartial about it. it. It's getting really, really difficult. He's starting to get up there for the likes of, like, Dio Wada for me, who is just a guy, even when he screws up, I'll find ways to give him excuses. But I feel like that was very positive. Um, you were able to give a, a bit of a rest to Jekyll. I guess I didn't understand the point of bringing him on, but okay. But overall, I, I thought very few complaints. I thought the only negative, and I'm going to say this very quietly, was Lorenzo Pellegrini was not very good again. <laughs> um, I know <laughs> some people took issue with how you and I discussed him in the previous episode. I guess maybe we're watching something different. I don't know what it is. I didn't think he was very positive. I thought everybody else, though, had really good performances. What What did you think? No, yeah, I you know I I agree with you with the with the fact that we shouldn't get carried away, and there are plenty of positives in 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 this game. Well, definitely there are because. You couldn't do worse than what we've seen against Udinese, Milan, and um, and Napoli. Uh, well, now we've seen a, at least a team that was able to give some crucial play players like Jeko some some much needed rest, and uh, still carry on some of the consistency regarding the formation. The fact that we're now switching to a three-man backline um, with players like Perez and Kolarov. Uh, being able to sort of, you know, step away from too much defensive duty and 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 uh, you know, especially Perez, who <laughs> I've seen, you know, he he, I think I believe he was voted he man was, of the match on was, Twitter, he was. He which was. is not a side that you would expect in 2020 if, uh, 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 as a Roma fan to see Bruno Perez being named man of the match, but he. Now he's become this sort of he is, you know, one of the driving forces of this team, at least in games against the likes of Brescia, where, you know, Fonseca just says, just just move the ball forward. If you have some, you know, if you if you see that you have somebody waiting for the ball in the six yard box and then, then lob it. And um, I thought he, you know, he he provided great service. Unfortunately, most of the chances was squandered by by Kalinic, um, who again, you know, this is I believe his third start or something like that or fourth start in the Serie A. Uh, so I'm not really gonna say too much about him. I thought the goal was good. I don't know if that touch was intended. Um, it looked way too clean for him, but if if it was, then you know, uh, kudos to him. I think. <laughs> The the what I what I what I wanted to see was this team just completely annihilate the team like Brescia because 
we've seen this inter team post covid lockdown um who play like shit but they managed to 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 beat Brescia uh, 6 to nothing and i wanted a similar performance out of Roma. I wanted really for them to to sort of step step up and 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 just crush the opposition which is something we rarely see uh, uh, Roma do. And um so that first half was for me such such a frustration. I knew the goals were coming because you know you're not going to end uh, scoreless against a, a team like Brescia. But I just wish it would have went uh, up to 5, you know, um Again, some some of those chances that Kalinic had, especially some of the headers he had, um, Carlos Perez with that ball that just grazed, you know, went by the the uh, the post. Um, otherwise, it was it was a very aggressive team. I like Diawara. I think that Diawara is now, you know, starting to get fit again. Um, I like Vertu again. Uh, I like Tibanez as well, although the first. Well, without the first mistakes, but then it just it was a consistent performance, and you could see that him and Fazio were sort of the the guys that w- were trying to push the team forward. You know, by passing it to 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 the midfield or you know passing it to the wingers. Um, only my 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 only complaint is that I wish Jordan Vertu would get to um, do some of the set pieces. Yes. Uh, oh yes. Good I, shout. I. I, I I just, I, you know, it's game in, game out. I understand Kolarov, that's his strong suit. But sometimes, and I'm tired of seeing Pellegrini because Pellegrini can never really get it right. I don't even know if, if he ever scored with a Roma shirt from a free kick. I, I, I don't believe no, he did. No, he hasn't. Um, exactly. Then why are we still keeping him and not giving Vertu a chance when Vertu is one of the few guys who can really get a powerful shot from a distance. And um, so that's that's my only complaint. And otherwise, I also would have liked to see Spinazzola uh, play this game again, just to give him some consistency as, a, as, a, as on that wing-back position. Again, I had very few complaints. Now, I want to go back to this whole let's, let's be cautious with this because I see a lot of people... Okay, we can't deny that Bruno Perez had a really good performance. It was astonishing to me Mm -hmm. to more or less see the entire attacking action be dictated through him for the first half because it seemed like every single ball went out to him and he was just crossing it in every single time. He did great, but I guess I don't want everyone to lose sight of because I had people saying, oh, maybe this guy wasn't given a chance. Maybe we've been unfair to him. <laughs> no, and no, I'm no, thinking no, no, to myself, no. whoa, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. This guy has been given opportunity after opportunity. Now, there is no denying that he is not a fullback. He is a wingback. He cannot defend whatsoever. The, right. So, yes, him playing in a new wingback role, obviously – he should look better, and he has done better. And you could do nothing else but uh, 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 clap for him and be happy for him because he's been very, very good. Now, a couple of things. A, this is Brescia. I, I just want to reiterate that point. And B, this is a guy who has been given ample opportunities. And, and I guess what I hope, and I know this isn't the case from Roma internally, but we, we can't let a couple of performances from somebody like Bruno Perez uh, sort of cloud our judgment into what we have seen over the last four years. This is a guy who arrived in 2016. 
to say he has not been given proper opportunities is crazy to me. Now, again, I am so glad he's performing because, frankly, Zapacosta has not looked good since the restart. Now, we could blame that on a number of factors. The injury, he's still recovering, still finding form. He hasn't played since September. Whatever that may be, that's fine. But I guess I just want to make sure we're all keeping our expectations in line here. This is a guy who, again, Bruno Perez, he has done phenomenally well in the wing back as of late. No one could be happier for him more than me because the guy, other than that stopping that shot against Shakhtar in the Champions League and getting attacked to on the Coliseum on his tricep, he has done very little mm-hmm. to warrant any sort of positive feedback within the last four years during his time at Roma. But I think we have to at least... And let's not mention his driving record. Oh, God. <laughs> you can Google that for anybody who doesn't know what he's referring to. I don't want to get into that. But, yeah, I'm happy for him. But I think there are still clearly areas in which they have to improve. Now, again, Ibanez, love this guy. I don't know if him, Mancini, and Smalling, if that's something viable for next season or even the next two years because it does look like Roma are going to purchase Smalling permanently for a fee that is going to range anywhere between 15 and 20 million euros total. Now, I've seen a lot of people divided on that. You either hate that or you love that. And it, it more or less seems to really only strictly to do with the fee. I don't see anybody saying, oh, well, I don't like Smalling as a player. I think Smalling has done phenomenally well. I think people only take issue with the fee. So, again, there's a lot of positives to draw from this Brescia performance. I'm very happy with it. Again, I, they needed this. They needed to win. This was a team that, again, they have very little to play for. And to see them win 3-0 to away from home is great. Um, again, I just want to make sure that we're all keeping our expectations at least in line here. Right. Um, I agree with you on the set pieces thing. I, I don't know why Pellegrini is taking them. It should be Vertu and Kolodov, and that's it. Yeah. Nobody else should even be considered um but yeah i think there was a lot of things positively that we could draw from that match i want to go back to pellegrini though because again i i i think people think that we you and i like we talk before the podcast and we come up with a list of people that we want to (laughs) criticize heavily and and i don't know how many times i can say but it's not like we have something personally against him people they were saying, oh, well, you did the same thing to Florenzi. Well, I mean, Florenzi wasn't good. So I, I, if he... Bruno Perez wasn't good, we, we said it about him. And Jekyll wasn't good, we said it about him, and so on and so on. So it's... Yeah, I... I it's not... It, we're not the ones playing bad. It's Pellegrini who's really not playing up to his standards. What is it, though? Because we talked about this in our patron-only episode, but... In this 3-4-2-1, I, I just think he really doesn't have a role. You either put him behind the strike on a 4-2-3-1, and that's about it. Because he can't function in a 4-3-3 as a central midfielder. He can't function in the 3-4-2-1 in the, in the middle of the midfield. We saw that the other day. It was pretty rough against Napoli. You could easily make the case he was the worst one on the pitch. I would say he was the worst one on the pitch against Brescia. He's playing behind Kalinic um, alongside Perez. And he just it, it, it just doesn't come off for him. So, again, we have this very weird situation with him. You and I both agree with him that the talent is there. I, I don't think anybody can argue with that. We're, we're past the 
does he have quality or does he not have quality? He he has quality. There is no debating that. But I think it's a matter of role, characteristics. I, I guess I'm just confused as to what the best way forward is for him. No, I, I agree with you. The problem is that he has talent, but he does not know how to utilize it. And I I, don't, I haven't seen a coach really um, try and, and, and really get the best out of him other, other than Di Francesco uh, in, you know, in the in the second season when he sort of deployed him as a as a trequartista. But wasn't really it, it was much more dynamic there and um, and he was much more present. And then, obviously, injuries happened, and he lost consistency in that role as well. And and I thought that a game against Brescia would have been, um, you know, a perfect opportunity for him to really contribute. And you know, if if Bruno Perez um, is the guy, is the go-to guy for creating chances, and not Lorenzo Pellegrini, who is or should be playing that number ten role. Um, then I guess you really have a problem on the individual side. And um, and I don't know if, if it's up to the coach or up to him to find to find himself. Um, I actually believe that he he should he really needs to sort of, you know, take accountability and figure out what he's really good at and um, and and learn the basics master them to to really the high level because we talked about this before in a patron exclusive um that pellegrini he always goes for the most difficult the hardest tricks you know in the book he never when he has to choose between the easy option and the difficult one he'll always go for the difficult one he'll always try to dribble past someone or you know do a fancy trick um, and it usually, uh, well, it rarely works, okay? And um, and so that's the problem because Roma are in desperate need of players that know how to capitalize on the few occasions that they have. Roma ha- uh, have a tradition of squandering chances. The best example is, again, Kalinic missing so many clear headers. And, and you know, in the game before that, VR in front of goal, Ibanez oh, in front of yeah. goal. Um, and you can expect that from players who you know are in their first year, or players like Kalinic, who I don't believe expectations are are that very high. But a player like Pellegrini entering his prime, you know, this is his I believe third season at Roma. Um, now it's going to be his fourth one, perhaps. And uh, he needs to become the guy, and and he's not. I can tell you that one of the guys is Vertu. Uh, first year at Roma, but he's already established himself. Diawara is becoming th- the guy, and uh, Pellegrini, meanwhile, is you know uh, just your random substitute dude um, who you 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 might as well throw in once in a while against weaker teams, but hasn't really set a tone uh, this year. And I've read on Twitter just about half an hour ago um, on 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 the post by Roma Press um, about the possible PSG interest in him. I read the words that he is uh, a, lock, a locker room leader. And, and to me, that idea seems completely 
just how how do you even come up with that? Because I I see a lot of things in Pellegrini, and I don't see a leader in him right now. And you can even tell that by by how his teammates relate to him. He's he's if he is supposed to be the alpha male, then man, don't don't show to me the beta males <laughs> in, in, in in the team. It sort of reminds me along the lines of Lorenzi, how he just doesn't have that that error about him, you yep. know? You can yep. just kind of see it. Uh, you don't even have to be close to the team. You can be a fan living uh, 5,000 kilometers away, yeah. sitting in front of your television, and you can still just see it. You know it. You can sense and it. And who are the two players that got picked on regularly by Kolarov? Florenzi and Pellegrini. Mm. Every t- in, in almost every game, you could see Kolarov busting balls uh, <laughs> with uh, Florenzi or Pellegrini. So that tells you a lot. Yeah, no, no, no. I agree with you. But again, we want him to succeed. He has the quality. I want him to adapt. I would love if he would somehow transform himself into this more of a modern midfielder. So I know it sounds kind of crazy. Not it doesn't sound crazy, but I would love to see him sort of transform himself into somewhat of a Zaniolo, someone who can play in multiple positions. You could put him in the center of the yep. midfield. You can put him on the wing. You can put him in the attack behind the striker. It doesn't matter. Metzala. He can play several different roles. That is what a modern midfielder does unless you're a playmaker. That's what I would love to see from him. So I really, 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 really hope he can transform himself. Um, yeah. But yeah, the talent and is wasn't there. that wasn't that wasn't that run by Zan when I when Zaniolo came on and I oh, saw man. him. He's so damn when, good. Yeah, when he when I saw him do that run for when uh, Perotti got the ball, started to move forward, I immediately could see what Zaniolo was doing, yes. and I I loved it. The moment he started going to his left, and and calling for the ball, I knew he was scoring. The moment he did that, I knew, and that just shows you the the difference between a guy who already knows who he is as a player and knows how to utilize all his strength, all his pace everything to 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 his advantage and you know that that goal of his maybe it was the goalkeeper reno you know fumbling the ball but it just shows you how determined he was he was to score in that particular moment and and that's the difference i haven't seen that from pellegrini yet i i want to see that but right now the difference between the two is immense yeah i i couldn't agree with you more uh we're about to talk about financial fair play. Now, Zaniolo's name is obviously going to get brought up this summer. I've been told that Roma, they have zero intentions of selling him. You talk to Palotta, people around Palotta, they will tell you the same thing. I just, for all the faults that Malchi had, I will give him credit for the Zaniolo thing, man. It, it, it honestly feels like Roma hit some weird lottery with him because he does things that are so beyond... His years that you would not expect from a footballer of his age. This is a guy who is just returning from a torn ACL. And he's doing things that nobody else in the team is capable of. And mm-hmm. yep, God, is he talented. I, I love everything about his game, his versatility, scoring ability. I, I pray to God, Allah, whatever religion you may be that this guy can remain at Roma for his entire career. Now, given the club, I know that's very difficult and unlikely, but holy gosh, 
he seems like we struck gold with him. And I'm hard pressed to think of a player I have enjoyed watching more this early in their career. Mm -hmm. He he is just so damn good. Yeah, and he's exciting. He makes a game against Brescia exciting. I was excited when he came on in those final 20 minutes. Something that rarely you say after, you know, in a game of of such small magnitude, really, that in the final 20 minutes, you sat there and you watched him and you were excited. And, you know, it's that that's what makes him different. That's what makes him stand out at Roma because Roma uh, are not really a team that make, make you excited. We sit here and we talk about how this team plays boring football or, you know, they just don't play with effort. The moment Zaniolo came on, you could see the whole team light up. You could see him light up. When he saw that ball at, at Perotti's feet, and and Perotti moving forward, he knew he wanted to score. That's what makes him exciting. All right, now the more depressing stuff. Now I was in a fantastic <laughs> mood this morning, and then I get the alert um, late in the morning that CAS, TAS, whether you want to call them the Tribunal Commission, whatever, arbitration of sport, has overturned Manchester City's two-year European competition ban imposed by UEFA for financial fair play irregularities. Now, Manchester City fans on Twitter, of course, are saying they did nothing wrong, blah, 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 blah. Now, I don't even care if they did anything wrong or not. In fact, I'm not even mad at Manchester City. Mm -hmm. I I couldn't care less about the Premier League. that, That doesn't concern me in the slightest. But I have to tell you, for the last decade, Roma, it feels like, have been sold this bill of goods that, oh, we have to do this for the sake of financial fair play. People who have zero idea about accounting, math, finance, and sport are all of a sudden (laughs) extremely familiar with the 30th of June because that is the end of the financial year and the end of the uh, footballing calendar for UEFA, the 30th of June. And it's turned into like this fucking holiday if you're a Roma supporter. Not not a holiday in a good sense. Uh, It's like Black Friday um, without the shopping except – Instead of meeting crowds <laughs> you, you, of people, you get kicked in the groin. Okay? So if you're a Roma supporter, the 30th of June is like it, – it, it's like it's like knowing the day you're going to die or something. Okay? I don't know how to I, – I can't think of a good metaphor right now. I am so pissed off about this because for the last decade, Roma has sold off arguably their most talented generation of players that we've seen in a five to seven – or more than that, six to eight year span – And we've been told this crap year after year, summer after summer, that we're doing this because of financial fair play. We want to respect the rules, blah, 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 blah. Meanwhile, you've got Manchester City, who I'm not going to pretend I understand their finances, who they're owned by. I I know they're owned by Sheikh Mansour, and that's it. I, I, I don't know anything else about them. I don't follow the Premier League, admittedly, okay? So I'm not going to go on here and pretend I know what I'm talking about after Google searching, okay? But I just refuse to believe that UEFA can keep this financial fair play system in its current form after this shit. Because that's what it is. Because you have clubs that are admittedly much more rich than Roma getting off scot-free. They got a 10 million euros fine for this. 10 million euros! And Palotta in interviews before, now again, regardless of what you think of Palotta, uh, whether you think he's an idiot, whether you think he's smart, whatever, he himself has said and has raised doubts about financial fair play and 
someone, thank you, whoever it was, they sent me a part of an interview that he gave a couple of years ago where he said, I wonder, instead of following the financial fair play rules, if we should just break them and then pay the fine. Well, there you go. It's it's clear now because you should, I, I mean, UEFA is screwed now, right, Andy? I mean, they're, they're absolutely fucked. They, they, there is no way they can pass this <laughs> off anymore. It's over. It's game over. If you want to keep financial fair play, fine. But there's not a chance in hell you are keeping it in its current form. Zero. Because this is crap. How does UEFA, how can they possibly save face to a club like Roma? Okay. Because this shit makes zero sense for anybody. I'm glad I'm not the only one throwing tantrums on this. Oh, my God. It's it's crap, (laughs) man. It's crap. (laughs) But it is crap because you think about it and you're like 10 million. That's that's all you get. The the slap on the wrist is 10 million. Um, For for a team like Roma that for years have have had to – Say you know, oh, we've sold Salah because of financial fair play, or we've sold Allison for financial fair play, and then find out that all you get for breaking the rules and you know making an appeal about it is ten million euros. Then it's you know it, that's it, it. It is a joke, and it is a system that is broken and, and should be you know sh- just should be thrown off the cliff. Um, because you you can see who gets scot free and um, Roma have have had as you say a whole generation of players that have been sold uh, have been given away um, a whole 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 teams really that have been modified according to financial fair play the fact that we talk about Roma not finding consistency is usually because of 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 that rule of of the fact that okay this year we've done great. But guess what? We have to sell Salah after his best year. Or we've this year we've done great. We got to the semifinal. But guess what? We have to sell the best goalkeeper in the world. And and I know people are gonna say, "Oh, that just shows you that those were excuses." They weren't really because you were doing what you were supposed to do, right? The people were telling you you have to avoid, you know, getting in trouble for that. So you have to do this. And we did exactly that. We took our most valuable players because those are the only ones that somebody will pay for. And we sold them. And um, it, and, and a lot of other teams had to follow suit. And here it shows you that I don't know, as you said, I don't know the financial side to Manchester City. I only know they are an extremely wealthy club. And I guess we can show that this this system is, you know, is is corrupt, really. It's absurd. And again, I, I don't know how you can have one way to apply things to one club versus another. Again, this just sends the signal that a club like Roma should just give the middle finger to UEFA and say, forget it, I'm not following this crap. Right. I'll just pay the fine. I will pay the fine, and that's it. So I, I don't know how UEFA saves face here. Um, I saw their absolute – I mean, you want to talk about beta males. The 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 statement that you – Seferin. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you want to see the, the statement that UEFA released where they basically just said, we've taken note of the decision taken by the Court of Arbitration for Sport – To reduce the sanctions imposed by Manchester City over the last few years, financial fair play has played a significant role in protecting clubs and helping them become financially sustainable 
and UEFA and ECA remain committed to its principles. UEFA will be making no further comments on the matter. They're not making comments because <laughs> too easy. Yeah, they're not making too comments easy. because they know. And I apologize that we're swearing this much. I'm not doing it for the sake of it. I am very annoyed because we have been we have been hammered on this goddamn topic for almost a decade, and we've been hearing time after time. Why did you have to sell Lamella? Why did you have to sell Marquinhos? Uh, why did you have to sell Salah, Alisson, blah, 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 blah. We can go on and on and on. Uh, we'll, we will end up killing ourselves if we go through the entire list because it is depressing as all hell. Right. We've yeah. been told... You've had... You've, you, yeah, you've had you've had coaches and sporting directors and, and club officials resign, get sacked because of that, because of, of, of making decisions, harsh decisions that were regulated by uh, the financial fair play. Yeah, and again, I don't know what UEFA does here. I, I really don't know because they I, I think they know they're screwed because it, it's clear now that, okay, financial irregularities, if we, if we get slapped with a fine, we're, we're just going to go to the Swiss. We're going to go to the arbitration for sport, and, and we'll, we'll end up paying a fine, and that's it. We could still play in the Champions League. We could still play in the Europa League. I mean, poor Milan. Well, not poor Milan, but Milan, they got banned from the Europa League, right? Um. It, and they just accepted it. They didn't. They didn't even. They just. They they just took it. So again, wh- whatever the way forward is for UEFA here, I don't know what that may be. Maybe it's some sort of sliding scale. Big clubs have to follow this model. If you earn this sort of revenue, you have to be within these parameters. I don't know what it is. All I know is that this cannot continue. It's absurd. It's a farce, and I don't want to hear this crap anymore about the 30th of June that we have to sell X player to fulfill financial Christ. fair play regulations. <laughs> I got so depressed. I pulled up. If we remember, Roma got hammered under financial fair play in 2014, and they had to reach that settlement agreement with UEFA. I, it seems yep. like ancient history, but I have the original document here that I keep on my phone just in case I ever have to reference it. Um, but we all remember what happened, right? 2015, 2016, Roma, they had their European roster reduced. And they had to do a break-even for the next couple of years to maintain, to get under um, sort of like the, the that watch period of UEFA. This is a joke. It's not going to continue as is because now it's open season. You can do whatever the hell you want. If you get slapped with anything by UEFA, you're just going to go over to Switzerland and appeal it. And that's it. So I don't know what they do. Maybe you just say the hell with financial fair play. Just get rid of it. I mean, what has anything really changed, yeah. Andy? It's the same five to six teams challenging for the Champions League anyway. For sure. UEFA has to stop this charade that this was done in the name of club health to add a bit of parity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Come no, on. no. It, it has. I think it 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 did the opposite. Yes. I, yes. I, I, at least, I, I, I see. I only see the sort of the disparity between the big clubs and the smaller ones getting bigger and bigger and larger and larger. And it's for and, and years go by, and you know we see the same clubs on top. The other ones get punished. Get you know get regulated. Get you know a team like Roma or or even Inter. Milan, Napoli, they have just as big aspirations as as Juve does, but it seems like the rules don't apply exactly the same, yet everybody has to follow the same rules. 
um, which obviously, again, don't apply the same way to everyone. And as you said, there is I don't I don't think there is a way forward for this. Um, UEFA said we will not comment on this, but I really I I expect them to comment on this pretty soon because otherwise we'll we'll see some fun stuff this transfer yeah, market. Yeah. So so here's the thing uh, before we go, it, it's I'm not I'm not here to rail on Manchester City because look Roma, if we want to talk about financial irregularities. I can find you about a dozen fake plus valens over the last five to seven years that the club has made. Mm-hmm. So yep. this nobody is innocent here. Okay, so it's not like I'm I'm throwing the stone within you know inside a glass house. Okay, I'm fully aware of everything Roma has done. Okay, some of it is not good. However, again, this application of the financial fair play. To a club like Roma versus a club like Manchester City, it's abundantly clear now that there is no consistency. So, again, I think this signals the end of financial fair play. I think this signals the end of this of this nonsense of we're looking out for the club's health. That's not what it's ever about. In the end, it's all about money. That's all they care about. And, again, if you know as a club that you can operate any way you want, you UEFA gives you some sort of punishment, and you can just go over to Switzerland and appeal. There is very little reason for you not to do that anymore. So I, I expect, as you just said, UEFA to come out with something. Because yep. in this very awkward moment where we have seasons starting just a few weeks after the 2019-2020 season ended, you're going to have a different sort of transfer market. I expect this weird financial doping thing to be shot way up. So they're going to have to address this in some way, shape, or form. And again, I don't know what the answer is. Um, send us your suggestions. I don't know. If there's somebody smarter out there than us, please. If you can find a way that UEFA can actually put in this financial fair play but somehow have it apply in a at least a somewhat similar manner to everybody, I'm all And ears. also, here, here's, a, here's, a, here's a, fun, a, a funny question. Without financial fair play, would we be sitting here asking for Palotta to sell the club desperately? I, I really I wonder that because it's this thing has 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 been looming over us for so many years. It has dictated we the way we we perceive the club, the way we perceive Palotta's actions as president, the way we 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 discuss uh, Monchi's career at Roma, yes. even um, it's it's really a funny business. If you think about, oh, how about now going going forward with our footballing lives without this unnecessary, broken, uh, corrupt system put in place? And I have to say, I did have this thought, and now you have to take this with somewhat of a grain of salt because it is Roma. There's something in the water. I don't know what it is, but. I have a hard time believing that Roma couldn't have won something. Coppa Italia, Super Coppa Italia, had it not been for these ridiculous measures. Because at least once every summer, there's one important player Mm -hmm. on his way out. Even if you could have... Okay, let's say all these players do eventually move on. If you could have kept them together an additional one, maybe two seasons... I really yes, do have yes, a hard yes, time yes. believing Roma win nothing. I, I, I really, because we, we hear the word revolution every other summer at this club, and, and I just refuse to believe 
that they wouldn't have something to show for it had it not been for financial fair play. Do you agree with that? Yes, I agree with that. And uh, that could be argued for many other teams yes, that absolutely. had right right that had right players at wrong moments because we can do a whole list of what if Salah had stayed another year? What if Allison had stayed another two years? What if uh, Pjanic would have stayed another year? What if this guy had stayed? And it's and so on and on and Lamela and everybody. And it's uh, it's a list of regrets. It's a, a list of uh, rash rash decisions. It's 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 a long list of of mistakes that you know happened. Obviously. The club makes mistakes by itself, and as you said, there is something in the water. Maybe we're talking crazy here, but it's it, you. You see what happens to Manchester City, and you start to wonder: Well, what if my club did the same thing, or what if this club did the other thing? And it's, it, yeah, it's a big, big headache. Yeah, it absolutely is. There's no doubting that whatsoever. I I couldn't agree more. It's it's a headache. It's madness. This entire thing is crazy. So that is where we will leave it, everybody. Roma, they have Verona and Inter this week on Wednesday and Sunday, respectively. So we will be here after the match against Verona to review the match and then to preview the following match against Inter, both of which are at the Olympico. So thank you so, so much for listening. Sorry if we were a little more negative than usual, but this financial fair play stuff really, really, really gets under my skin. And I think it's completely unfair to Roma. So we'll just have to see what happens. Again, no way UEFA can continue to run from this. So, as always, we thank you for the support. We thank you for listening. It means everything to us. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We will be back later in the week. So until then, have a great rest of the week. And until next time, ciao.